All right, so today we are talking about how to scale your wholesaling business. And let's say you are a wholesaler that is doing 10, 15, 20 deals a year, and you wanna get that to the 50 to 100 deal a year level, or maybe even more. And it all depends on how you're structured now. So if you're an, an owner operator, if you're doing everything yourself, uh, fulfilling all of the roles in the business, uh, that's going to be very difficult for you to scale and to build uh, a, a business that'll do volume on autopilot, so to speak. Uh, so it really comes down to two things. You need systems and you need people. And your systems are only going to be as good as the people operating them. So the decision really is if you want to scale your business to the next level, if you want to get to 100, 200, 300 deals a year, uh, you've got to have systems and you have to have people to operate those systems. And there's two ways to do that. You can outsource most of the systems and most of the positions that you need, uh, or you can hire it all in-house. So that's really up to you. You just have to decide what you're comfortable with, uh, what you are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. You always want to hire your strengths. Uh, I mean, hire your weaknesses and, and do what you're good at, do what your strengths are, focus on that, fill in the gaps where your weaknesses are and hire those. Uh, find people that uh, are, uh, you know, good people, good, solid people with good attitudes. You know, the, the saying goes, hire the uh, attitude, train the skill. So you want people with a good, positive attitude. You want people that are going to dive in and just join you uh, and share in your vision of building this company. So when it comes to outsourcing and when it comes to scaling a wholesale business, you know, wholesaling is transactional, much like real estate agent business is. Uh, it's all about contacts. It's all about people. It's all about relationships. And it's all about transactional volume. So you have to have systems to manage a high volume of transactions, a good CRM, good follow-up system, a good lead intake system, and a good system for disposing of the property's disposition. Uh, again, it's, it's really not investing. Wholesaling is transactional. It's not a real estate investing business, um, but it does come down to volume and it comes down to systems and people. So you can outsource a lot of that. Uh, there's companies that will do your lead intake for you that will answer your incoming calls, whether they're internet leads, uh, mailings, bandit signs, whatever it is, you can have those numbers routed to answering centers that will take the initial call, screen those people according to your scripts. Some of them have their own scripts and find out if there is motivation there to sell and then upload that into your CRM so that you can then follow up on that. So that's one way to do it. Uh, you can also outsource cold calling. There's companies out there overseas and in the United States now that are very good at cold calling and uh, they will cold call your lists. Some of them have uh, their own proprietary list, but most of them take your list that you supply with them. One of the best lists to have uh, for cold calling is your follow-up on your previous contacts, go into your CRM and people that are three months, six months, two years, whatever it is, uh, follow-up is one of the best lists uh, to give to somebody to cold call and just check in with them and see where they're at. You just never know. You want to be in front of the individual when they're ready to sell and you just never know. I've bought deals years uh, after I initially contacted them, sometimes for less money than, than I offered years before and not for any other reason than the market cycle was down. So the property was worth less two years later than it was uh, the year or two prior when I'd spoken with them. So you just never know yeah, when you're going to catch somebody when they're ready to sell. So you just got to follow up and follow through. That's a great thing for cold callers to do. The other thing is return mail on your direct mail. Uh, whenever your direct mail comes back, uh, it's always a good thing to have that skip traced and try to get the phone numbers and then follow up with those leads and and, uh, and have those leads cold call. If you're doing it yourself, the scripts are very simple and there's a lot of great scripts out there. But uh, for the most part, people don't mind you following up, checking in. Hey, I sent you a, a postcard or a letter in the mail. Just wanted to follow up, make sure you received it, see if you're ready to sell. Uh, or, hey, you know, this is Greg Dickerson. We talked. 
Um, last year, uh, you weren't ready to sell your house. Just thought I'd follow up and check in to see if you're thinking about selling uh, or, or relocating. And if there's any way we can help you, you know, here's my information. So follow up and follow through is critical. That's one of the number one ways to grow and scale your business. Um, obviously, it's all about leads. So you have to really go after lead generation. And uh, so if you are looking to hire and build your business organically in-house uh, versus outsourcing or do a combination of both, then the number one uh, position that I tell everybody uh, that they want to hire first is you want to have that office manager, somebody that's going to take the administrative load off of you. Most entrepreneurs, uh, most self-employed entrepreneurs are weak in the administrative uh, area or they just don't like doing it, don't want to do it. So that's the first thing that you should really look at outsourcing. So find yourself a good office manager that can wear a number of hats. So they're an office manager slash bookkeeper slash lead manager slash administrative assistant slash uh, you know, transaction coordinator slash, slash, slash marketing helper, whatever. Uh, you want to find somebody who's a, who has a lot of general, good, good general skills, very good with computers, uh, spreadsheets, web applications, things like that, that can use your CRMs and your software. Um, that's good with using you know, all the technologies that your business uh, revolves around that's built into your business. You want to be able to make sure that, that they have a good attitude, that they're willing to help out and contribute any way they can. That's the first thing that whenever I've done joint ventures with people or I've bought businesses and built businesses, including my own companies, uh, the first thing that I always put into place is a very solid office manager that can wear a lot of hats and help us grow the organization in a number of ways. And as the organization grows, then you start taking a little bit off of that office manager and putting that into people that are just very good and very focused on those areas. So uh, obviously lead intake, lead management would be the first thing that you would want to take off of the office manager because if you're doing a lot of marketing, you're going to be getting a lot of phone calls. Uh, so you got to have somebody to screen those calls for motivation and um, and uh, you know make sure that those people are ready to sell. Make sure that there is a deal there, and uh, and like I said, just screen for motiv motivation. You know, uh, you know how quickly do you need to sell? Are you moving? You know, what's the reason for selling? You know, that lead manager can ask a number of questions up front. How much do you want for the house? Uh, you know. What does the area look like? What kind of condition is the house in? Start building that rapport and that relationship for you and your company on your behalf. So that's a very important position. So now you've got an office manager that can do a number of things. And the first thing you take off that office manager is your lead management. And uh, so you have a lead manager in place. That lead manager can also do dispositions initially uh, until you get to a point to where you've got so much business coming in, then you got to find somebody to handle dispositions. And in any wholesale business, it's really all about getting that property moved. So uh, dispositions is very critical. You want to build that buyer's list. You want a good, solid buyer's list. You want to know what those buyers are looking for and then go shopping in the areas that they're looking for the product that they're looking for and, and get very specific and detailed about that uh, and reverse engineer the whole thing. So in any business, you always want to look at the end goal. What's the end result I'm looking for? If I'm looking to sell houses to investors, you start with that and reverse engineer everything back into that. If you're building a wholesale business and you want to do 100 deals a year, then you have to start with that and you have to reverse engineer that and you have to track your KPIs and work it backwards. If I want to do 100 deals a year, then I need to know exactly how many appointments it takes or how many phone conversations. If you're doing uh, virtual wholesaling, you know, you want to be able to close and lock up properties over the phone. Even in local markets, I recommend that you want to want to do that. Uh, to, to really grow and scale your business, uh, you're very limited if you're relying on in-person appointments. So right now, especially with the competition with iBuyers and instant offers and things like that, you really want to get good at locking properties up over the phone and then let your end buyers be uh, boots on the ground uh, to go view the properties and, and let you know if there's any inconsistencies between what the seller tells you and, 
and, uh, and what you think you're getting. So uh, reverse engineering, if you want to do 100 deals a year, then you need to know how many contracts, how many appointments, contracts it takes for you to be able to close 100 deals. Uh, in order to get those appointments, you need to know how many leads that requires. In order to get those leads, you need to know how many pieces of mail uh, that you need to be sending or how much money you need to be spending on the internet for uh, SEO optimization or keywords, AdWords, uh, Facebook ads, whatever it is that you're using in your area. Uh, and every area is different. Not every marketing method works in every area. Direct mail is still very effective in most areas, but it's more effective in some over others uh, and different types of mail pieces. And you really need to be tracking your mail, tracking your campaign and drilling down on the numbers so that you can reverse engineer your entire business, right? So if you know, uh, so we talked about number of transactions. So the other thing you can reverse engineer is your income. And if you're tracking your KPIs and really uh, drilling down on the metrics of your business, and uh, you say, hey, I want to make uh, 100,000 this year or 200,000 or 500,000 and your average wholesale fee is 10,000, then you know, you know how many deals you need to do uh, in order to get to those numbers. And, uh, and you got to factor your costs in there as well. So if you want to net income uh, of a certain amount, which is really what you want to look at, uh, knowing all your costs, then you, kn you need to know what your average deals are, how much it's costing you to get there and what type of uh, marketing is best and is most effective and in what areas. Uh, like direct mail, a lot of people just send out just these shotgun uh, broadcasts out there and you know, just work off of that every year. You know, that's great that if you've got a lot of money to spend, you can spend 50, 60, $100,000 a month and send a lot of mail out there. But if you're not tracking it uh, in terms of what mail piece is the most effective, but not only that, what area are you getting the highest response from? Uh, then you, you're going to be wasting a lot of money and a lot of time uh, dealing with things that aren't producing, you know, the best results. And for me, it's all about being able to make the most amount of money with the least amount of time, energy and effort possible in a business. Uh, you want to be as efficient as you possibly can so that you're utilizing all your resources to their highest capacity, all your human resources, all of your investment capital and uh, all of your marketing uh expense and marketing materials. You want to you want to make sure that you're capitalizing on those and you're getting the biggest ROI on those activities and the biggest ROI on your time spent because there's only so much time in the day. I mean, that's the one thing that we cannot systemize is hours in a day, right? We only get so many. So it's really important that you track those KPIs and you figure out what marketing methods are working best in your markets, what marketing materials are working the best in your market, um, if you're on the internet, you know, what type of ads are working the best? If you're on Facebook, what type of ads are working the best? And you can drill all that down, but you're going to need a lot of numbers. And if you go to, um, you know, call rail or something like that, that you use for tracking phone numbers, I mean, you're going to need a bunch, you know, the top guys out there that are doing a lot of marketing, a lot of volume they're they've got 50 to hundred, maybe even more call rail numbers because you want to track every single piece of mail, every different campaign you mail to, even if it's the same list. If you're doing seven, eight, nine, 12 touches, whatever it is, each one of those pieces needs to have a different tracking number on it so that you can start to drill down and, and test and see if one piece is more effective than another. If one area is more effective than another, you wanna track those things geographically and map where your leads are coming from. Um, and you wanna find out if any certain number of touches is more effective than others. You wanna know what days of the week are more effective than others. I mean, there's some days that a lot of junk mail goes out and people just kind of, you know, sip their mail over the trash can. You know, I know I do that. Um, so you want to be able to uh, track that and drill down into what are the most effective days to mail in different markets, you know, are better than others, uh, things like that. So really what it boils down to is to grow and scale your wholesaling business, you need really three things. You need um, great people, 
You need great systems and you need to know your numbers and your KPIs and track those things all the way down into the minute detail so that you really know what's going on inside your operation. That's what's really cool about that is if you know the numbers, then you know your business and that's any business. Um, and that's the best way to track and gauge and grow a business is by looking at the numbers because the numbers don't lie. And it will help you make uh, unqualified, uh, unemotional decisions and it will help you make the correct assumptions about your business and what are the most effective things and the most effective use of your time. So if you are self-employed and you're an entrepreneur and you're out there wholesaling and you're doing it all yourself, think about the things that are taking you the most time. Think about the things that you don't like to do. Fill those gaps in first. Hire the positions that you're the weakest at, uh, that you enjoy the least. Fill those gaps in first, whether it's outsourced or whether it's in-house full-time and then build from there and then start releasing those tasks from there. And usually it's that office manager slash lead manager uh, slash dispositions manager. You know, that person is doing everything, right? And that person can do everything. Uh, if it's, um, you know, if it's, uh, uh, you know, acquisitions team and you're relying on people to go out on appointments, uh, use your investor buyers to be that acquisition manager for you. You know, if you're locking up good deals, uh, there's no reason why you need to visit with every single seller. Now, some markets are different, some sellers are different, but for the most part, in order to grow and scale, you've got to be able to get good at uh, contracting properties and locking up properties on the phone without seeing them. And you can do a number of things if the seller is reluctant to do that. You can do a FaceTime video uh, or you can do a Zoom video and do a video chat with them, get to know them over the phone, especially if you're virtually wholesaling so they get comfortable with you and what you're doing. And you just explain to them what you do. You know, hey, I. I find great deals for investors and I help motive, I help people um, sell their houses quickly and you know I solve problems. So you're a transaction engineer. Um, wholesaling is transactional, it's relational. So number one, what you're doing is you're looking to build relationship. You're trying to help somebody, you're trying to serve them and you're trying to reverse engineer that transaction just like you do your business. So if somebody needs to sell their house and they're motivated, then generally that's not too difficult of a path unless they owe too much on it. Uh, or they're underwater or things like that. And then there's ways out of that with lease options, rent to owns, owner finance. Uh, there's a number of ways and there's different buyers that like those types of properties over others. So again, if you look at it from service first, helping the other person first, helping them resolve their problems and, and helping them uh, create a win-win, re reverse engineering that transaction and becoming a transaction engineer, then uh, usually there's always gonna be a way to make that deal work. So. The uh, the big decision then for a lot of people is uh, whether to hire a team in-house or whether to outsource everything. And, and again, outsourcing is pretty easy. You can outsource all your mailing. You can outsource your lead intake, your lead management. You can outsource your cold calling. Uh, you can even outsource um, your acquisition team in the field. If you, if you want boots on the ground in different markets, there's a number of people, other investors, other wholesalers, realtors. Uh, are a great source for acquisition management. And if it's a deal you can't buy, then maybe they can list it. So you can leverage your realtor relationships in different markets uh, to be your acquisition team out in the field. Uh, and then dispositions. And that's really something that, uh, you know, again, you can contract that out and have somebody that works, you know, remotely from somewhere. So all of those things can be outsourced or you can go the traditional route. You can build a team, you can have it all in-house. And in order to do that, the number one thing you need to become is a leader, right? So if you're gonna build a team and you're gonna manage people, you need to develop yourself first as a leader, manager, uh, motivator, delegator. Uh, you got to get really good at those things. You know, you've got to make sure that you understand what leadership is. You have to understand what it means to delegate and how to delegate efficiently. You have to understand how to manage and you have to understand how to motivate and inspire people. So the leader 
sets the pace of the pack. The leader is the head of the organization that sets the vision, that gets everybody on board with the vision. And you know, people love to be part of, of something great. They love to be part of a great team. They love to be part of a great vision. And they like to share in that, take ownership in it and help you succeed. You know, most people wanna be part of something that's 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 a winning organization that that has goals, that uh, that has big aspirations. You know, they, they love achieving goals and helping you get there. Every company I've ever built that I've built, uh, and I've built a lot of companies quickly. I've done about 12 different uh, companies in my career, and I was able to build them very quickly because I found great people and I coached them to success. And that's really what you have to become. You have to become a coach, a mentor, a leader, delegator, motivator, manager. You have to be an, uh, you have to be uh, inspirational. You have to be somebody who, um, you know, who helps people uh, achieve results and achieve success. And uh, that all starts at the top, right? So the leader is at the head of that organization. So a lot of people, um, when they think about an organization, uh, they look at the at the traditional corporate pyramid, right? We have the pyramid and you've got the CEO at the top and then everybody else is underneath that CEO and, and they think that their job is to bark orders, right? Um, really what it's all about, it's about service, right? So you got to flip that upside down and you got to have that upside down pyramid where the CEO is at the bottom and then the, then the CEO's job is to serve everybody else in that organization and give them everything they need to be successful. Your number one goal as a leader, as the CEO of that organization, is to help everybody um, be successful and create the results you're looking for. You want them to feel good about their sel themselves, feel good about what they're doing in a sincere way, not a manipulative way. Um, you need to sincerely care about people, your customers, your vendors, your contractors, your employees, uh, everybody around you, your community, right? So if you approach everything from a service mindset, uh, for service mindset first, everything else, uh, you know, just falls into place, right? So uh, as a leader, your job is to serve and give others what they need to be successful, the tools, training systems and support to be successful. And more importantly than that, you have to give them clear direction and no uncertain terms exactly what you expect and when. And you've got to measure that performance and hold them accountable. And that all goes back to the leadership, the delegation, the management, the uh, motivation and inspiration, right? So tools, training systems and support to be successful and then clear direction and no uncertain terms exactly what you expect and when. And then you got to measure that performance and hold them accountable, right? Feedback is the breakfast of champions. If you can't measure it, you can't management, uh, you can't manage it. So in order to efficiently and effectively manage and lead an organization, you need to be able to measure all of your results in every area. Just like we talked about your marketing and things like that, where you want to measure your KPIs, that gives you intelligence, that gives you data, that gives you insight into your business to know how to make decisions of what's working and what's not. The same thing holds true with the people in your business. You gotta give them that clear direction, that input, right? The output's only as good as the input. So you gotta make sure that they know exactly what you expect and when, then you've gotta take a look for uh, or not. And if you did, great, then you, uh, you uh, celebrate that success, you praise that performance in public, you recognize that good performance, and you tell them how great it makes you feel and how important it is to the organization when they achieve the results you're looking for. If you're not getting the results that you're looking for, then uh, you know that uh, falls back on the leader, right? So the leader, again, the leader sets the pace of the pack. And if something is going wrong in your organization and you're not getting the results you're looking for, you have to look back at yourself first and you have to say, did I give everybody what they needed to be successful? Tools, training, systems, and support but more importantly, more importantly, that clear direction in no uncertain terms of what I expect and when. And then did I measure that and uh, take a look at it and hold them accountable? So if you're not getting the result you're looking for, then something is missing. 
So you've got one of two things. You've either got a can't do or you have a won't do. So if you've got somebody that can't do something, you got to take a good hard look at that. You know, are they capable of doing the role that they've been hired to do? Uh, a lot of times, uh, business owners and entrepreneurs make, make the mistake of putting the wrong person in the wrong role. Uh, there is a right position for everybody. And, you know, you can cross train to a certain degree, but for the most part, you want to put aces in places. You want to find people that are good at a certain task and put them in the right role so that they'll thrive and they'll focus on their strengths and they'll, and they'll just continue to build on their strengths, right? So you want to put people in a position where they're going to succeed and where they can build on their strengths and then you fill in the gaps on the weaknesses with, uh, with other people in different areas. So everybody in your organization uh, has a sweet spot. And that's what you want to make sure that when you're hiring, that you're thinking about those, those positions that you're looking to fill. And you want to make sure, now I said hire attitude, right? First, you want to hire attitude and train the skill. You know, uh, that's not a given in every single case, right? Not everybody is going to be great at cold calling. They might have a great attitude. They might have a great personality, but they just don't like calling people, right? Or they don't like going on appointments or they don't like talking to investors. I mean, you just never know. So you got to really drill down deep. You have to uh, understand what your people's strengths are, <clears throat> where their best position in the organization is going to be, and how they're going to be the most uh, beneficial and effective in their role so that they achieve success on a regular basis. Uh, the other thing that you will, you will run into is you'll have somebody who's a won't do. And if you've got somebody who just won't do what you're asking them to do, then you just have to get rid of them. There, there's just no room in the organization for somebody who does not want to contribute, does not want to do their part and help the organization succeed. And you want to make all those things clear up front when you're hiring people and, uh, and training people. And uh, so uh, it all goes back to the accountability of the owner, the leader. You are there to serve your organization, all of your people, your, your customers, your employees, your vendors, your trade partners, everybody involved in that organization. It's up to you as the leader to lead, guide, motivate, inspire, delegate and, and track the results of your team and hold them accountable. And you can hold them accountable in a good way where you celebrate the victories and the success publicly. And if you're not getting the result you look for, then that's a one-on-one -on -one conversation with that individual. Uh, you take a good look at the performance, you measure, measure it against the behavior. It's not the person, it's the behavior, it's not the individual, it's the outcome uh, that you're looking at. And then you honestly and sincerely take a look at that. Why did we not get the result we were looking for? Uh, me as the leader, did I give them everything they need to be successful? And uh, if I did, and they're a great person and they just can't do it, then I need to find another role for them. Or uh, if it's somebody who, who won't do and they've got a bad attitude, there's nothing you can do with that. You just have to get rid of them. So that is um, basically, in a nutshell, how to grow and scale a wholesaling business. Uh, there's obviously a lot more to it. And I'll be making a lot more videos about wholesaling and flipping and commercial and, and other things. So uh, uh, you know, keep an eye out for new videos. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you don't miss out on them and out on them. And I will talk to you uh, on the next video. Have a great day.